Hebrews 10. Y'all remember the message the other night in Hebrews 4 verse 1? Let us fear therefore lest the promise being left us of entering in. Entering into his rest. Don't want to come short. I don't want to have a first class ticket and, and sit down in the bottom with the luggage. Why y'all riding like that? Climb up in the luggage like a stowaway and you got a first class ticket. You've got one better than that. You've got a special pass on yours. You get to go up in the very front and ride with the pilot. That was me. Nearly took off. That's the weird stuff he's talking about. <laughs> but I enjoy my own fellowship. Hebrews 10. Look at this. I honestly do. I have a great time. Hebrews 10. Aren't you glad the Lord let you get in? And I say something and say it and, and, and lay the platter out there and you just scarf it now. In Hebrews 10, I'm glad we can get in the holy place. That would be verse 19. Are y'all looking at it? You got the scriptures. That'll be enough when the world's on fire. It's the scriptures. Don't be telling me about no moving and working of the Holy Spirit if it don't involve the Holy Scriptures. What you are is charismatic. You probably need to be born again. You probably got other spirits. The Word of God's where it's at. That dove lit on the lamb and breathed on the book. What else you need? Hebrews ten nineteen, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Aren't you glad you got saved? That's what happened when you got saved. You got brought in the holy place and purified with His blood. The only reason you got in the holy place is He did first. That'd be nine twelve. Look at it. Nine twelve. I'm giving you the Bible. Y'all doing all right? Nine twelve. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered in. All I can say is the only reason you got in is because He went in first. Look what it says after by his own blood he entered in. What's that next word? Uh Uh-huh, and that's all you'll need too. (laughs) Shall never thirst again. Underline never. That's in John 4, but sometime if you're over there, underline it. Shall never thirst again. I'm glad when I got in, I got in the holy place. And then look in chapter 11. In verse 2, and look at all these folks. There's Abel and Enoch. Brother Lamance, there's Noah, there's Abraham, there's Sarah. There's a bunch of them and there's a bunch more. Look in verse 32, and what shall I more time would fail me to tell y'all? Gideon and Barak and Samson and the, the Jeff, David, Samuel, prophets and, and others. Oh, and said uh, verse 39, 
These only having attained a good report through faith received not the promise of God having provided some better thing for us. That they without us should not be made perfect. I didn't just get in the holy place. I got in with the holy people. God's people. Mm. And uh, 11.13, strangers and pilgrims on a journey. Oh, this world's not our home. Are y'all in 11.13? It's just strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I got in a holy pilgrimage. Verse 14, they're seeking a country. It's an old path. When I got in, I got in the holy place. I got in with the holy people. And I got in a holy pilgrimage. We're on a journey. I thought y'all might be more excited about that than you are. Oh yeah, y'all are Americans. If you're not careful, you'll be more excited about things the other side of that door than things the other side of that door. Kind of tough talking to Americans. Them vehicles have rubber tires on paved roads and air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Them pews have padding and it's climate controlled. Hard to talk to Americans about that other country. They like this one. It's hard not to. Y'all ain't helping me. This world is not my home. I'm a stranger in a pilgrim. Brother Lamance, I'm a stranger because this ain't my home. I'm a pilgrim because I'm headed to my home. <laughs> Holy pilgrimage. And then lastly, in chapter 12, verse 22, I got in some holy privileges. Mm. Chapter 12. How y'all doing? Yeah, he said, aren't you glad that when you came to him, I'm going to be in verse 18 of Hebrews 12. You're not coming to the mount that might be touched that burn with fire and under blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of the trumpet voice the word voice they heard and treated word not be spoken. They could not endure. Verse 20, even a beast that touched the mount be stoned or thrust through a, with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. And you ever get a good look at the lake of fire? Honey, when it finally gets here, you'll exceedingly fear and quake. But that ain't what I got into when I got in. I got out of a horrible pit and I'll never go to hell's pit. Verse 22, but here's what I came to. You're coming to Mount Zion. Hey, that's where the king sits. That's Zion. Y'all ain't helping me. I'm voting for the big blonde hair if they don't lock him up. But honey, he ain't my king and this ain't my kingdom. Mm, My king's coming. And he'll fix the governments. It'll rest upon his shoulder. Yeah, I'm headed to Mount Sinai. Mm. Sweetwater, Tennessee. Lola Cassidy. 
I know the old Camp Canaaners have been going to Camp Canaan. Miss Tanya and, and the crew have been going to Camp Canaan longer than they've been alive. <laughs> and aren't you glad for a sweet old man of God with faith and fire that'll make his backyard a church place down on the creek so me and y'all could grow up under being like that? <laughs> y'all know Lola Cassidy would come down there with her accordion and Amen. Submit to Charles and boss him the whole time. I was always amazed at that. Hallelujah. She was submitted to him and led him the whole time. And Charles said, Amen. And she'd get that accordion. Someday I shall stand on the top of Mount Zion. I'll get to look into Canaan's fair land. I say, just act like I'm Sister Lola. How many of you knew her? Raise your hand. I, that was old time at Camp Canaan. I'll sing and I'll shout when I reach that city on the top of Mount Zion. I'll say something. Sometime down here, I'm fixing to forget the words. We walk through dark valleys and we question, oh Lord, when we don't understand. But I hear Jesus say, my child just keep me. There's a beautiful land. Someday I shall stand on the top of Mount Zion. I'll get to look into Canaan's fair land. I'll sing and I'll shout when I reach that city. I reach that city. I'm to the Ooh. I got into Mount Zion and something else. There's eight of them here. What else? And into the city of the living God. Folks, I'm looking for a city and we're going to find it after a while. It don't have any drinking bars in it. It don't have any hospitals in it. It don't have any riots in the street. I seen a crowd shouting in the street, but it wasn't a riot. Y'all ain't helping me. Hallelujah, there's no dead babies over there. There's no stopping for funeral processions on the streets of that city. I'm heading for that city. What else did you get into? Oh, the city. What's the next one? The heavenly Jerusalem. And then you got into an innumerable company of angels. I don't know how to tell you all this, but with all the hell that's raging out there, they that are with us are more than they that are with them. Mm. What else do you get into? Verse 23, I'm talking about some holy privileges. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. And I need you all to know that there are no second generation Christians. 
Your mom and daddy being born again wasn't enough for you. You got to be born again. You get born again, you'll be firstborn to the church, which are written in heaven. And something else you came to. You came to God. And from this aspect, what is he? Anybody been unfair to you? You feel like maybe Joseph? Brethren betrayed you and threw you in a pit and sold you into slavery. Life ain't been fair. Family ain't been fair. Been like Job also. Looked like God's not treated you good and it was Satan. Let me tell you all something about our God. He's the judge of all. He's going to fix every wrong. He's going to vindicate every cause. And on the other side, He's going to make it all right. And a bunch of it, He's going to deal with it here. He's the judge. And it was Joseph who said, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Oh... We're down there at breakfast this morning. The judge has come in every morning. And if I ever get arrested in this town, I hope I don't. But at least I'll have had breakfast over there next to the judge a few times. Of course, they're no longer at the round table. People moving over to the end table. But I've got friends on both sides. I've been coming here two decades, you know. And uh, but I know the judge. I know his son, too. He took my case one time. They went over in the side chamber and the son took his father in there and the advocate talked to the judge. God, the judge. What else did he come to? The spirits of just men, justified, saved, righteous men, made perfect, finally went home. Hey, y'all know what? There's a bunch of them done gone on the other side. And that's what I got in on. I got in on some old timers that are on the other side. I'll be quick with this. And I hesitate on these things. But they're surreal. We can't deny them. I almost got up and moved the flowers. When y'all were singing. I probably should have. But I didn't want to be too sentimental. And the pastor told Brother Lamance and asked him and told him, come sit in Brother Hubert's chair. And Brother Lamance a weeping. I, I, not, I can't and I couldn't because I loved him too much and that was it. And I'd sit here and Tom Derryberry would sit here. And men from Knoxville would line up here. And men from Ringgold. And old missionaries and old preachers would fill this place. And they would think about a day 30 years ago when there was a bunch here tearing the walls down for the glory of God. And so me and Brother Lament sitting in the honorary chairs tonight and I almost got up and moved the flyers so he could see his babies and grandbabies up there singing because that's what Brother Hubert liked to do. And you better watch out. There's electricity up here. A one-legged hopping preacher would come hopping out of that. <laughs> Name John Nent and tear up everything in here. Hallelujah. And I basked 
And I basked under the shadow of overshadowed men. And a young preacher fighting his own flesh, every young Christian does. And a young preacher fighting his own fears, every young preacher does. And a young preacher fighting his own insecurities, amen. And fighting his own demons and fighting his own generation and fighting his own battles. And two old men and their friends would dance all over the top of me. And I opened my mouth wide at them and I asked God to fill it. The spirits of just men and they've been made perfect on the other side. That's what we got in on. This, hey, this thing don't end with death. This thing for the child of God and I'll try not to spit on y'all no more. It begins with death. This thing doesn't end with death for the child of God. It begins with death. Death is our doorway to glory and that's what it was for Him. He came through the three days and three nights and marched into glory, the forerunner, bringing many sons to glory. Hallelujah. Don't turn there. But Acts chapter 5, probably verse 15. People's trying to get under the shadow of Peter. And it said, lest it could possibly, King James, these other words are too high up for this modern day intelligent science crowd, overshadowed me. Lest the shadow of Peter passing by in the streets of Jerusalem might overshadow me. And then you got to go to Matthew 17 of that band of transfiguration. And the glory of the Son of God was breaking out on him. And Peter and James and John was up there. And then it said, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Getting under the shadow of overshadowed men. told our brother last night when he was a shout and he read that letter and him and his family had a shouting spell last night. I said, you know you as one of the preacher's pets. Preacher loved him. One of the preacher's pets. Don't be jealous because you could be if you crawl up under there. He just loved Brother Billy. Look at God saving Everybody under you. And one of the godless young women I've known in my ministry, Miss Leah back there, going to bring one of your grandbabies. That baby won't be born into blaspheming and cussing and cutting and killing and drinking. You got under your preacher and you got under the shadow of an overshadowed man. Hey, man, that baby. Brother Lee, you got that little fella next to you. Y'all having your moment in the presence of the Lord. I get to be up here and I spy on all y'all. I'm a preacher's kid. We open our eyes in prayer. We know who tithing and we know who's been stealing the bus candy. Some of us really know firsthand who was still in the bus candy. 
And no, we didn't drink the grape juice in the refrigerator sometime Tuesday morning when y'all wasn't around. It wasn't us. Was it, Tanya? It wasn't us. <laughs> Sister Amber, tell the truth. Did you ever steal any grape juice? All preacher's kids were poor, too poor to have grape juice at their house, but we know where they were sung at the church. And we ain't Roman Catholics. It, it's okay to sip it. And if it had been sitting there a couple of years too long, we really like getting into that stuff. Great men. The spirits. It's the best place you can have that boy. Under the shadow of overshadowing. Overshadowed place. The shadows of. And if their shadow just passing by, might over, people was getting healed. Peter didn't touch them. Didn't even stop. His shadow passed over them. I've had some of those great shadows to pass over. What else did we get into? And here's what you came to when you got in. Verse 24. <clears throat> and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And what else? And to the blood of sprinkling. Heavy duty verse. I don't know why fellas have to hunt for sermons. These boys tearing their mind out trying to find sermons. You ain't got a Bible? There's four sermons in one verse. Jesus. Mediator. Covenant. Blood. And there's extra words in there if you want to preach again on Sunday night. Sprinkling. Better. These boys are hunting sermons. I'd have to live 10,000 years just to go through it once and then start back over 10,000 more times and you'd never get done preaching that book. What you men of God might ought to do is get on in your calling. Leave them 11 tribes out there and come on in here. Oh, I got in. I want to show you something. Look in Hebrews 10, then I'm done. Sister Tanya, do you mind softly playing? I want you all to look at verse 22. One little word I'll leave you with. Let us look in chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. You boys, these boys can't find sermons? How about... Let us take that through three services. And then next Sunday, draw near. Take that through three services. And then next Sunday, true heart. Take that through three Sundays. And then next Sunday, full assurance. You'll be three months not out of this verse. I've got to feel a lot of fellows ain't called. You ain't saying it because you ain't seeing it. You ain't seen it because you got scales on your eyes. You got scales on your eyes because they ain't never called you. Full assurance. Full assurance. I'll say one thing to you about having that sweet, blessed assurance. Having that sweet, blessed assurance. 
And this ain't what I was going to say, but let me throw it in real quick. It'd help you real good to quit watching Hollywood movies and listen to country music. The Holy Ghost ain't going to be in your heart bearing witness and you're filling yourself up on trash. I ain't sure I'm saved, but my Lord, you've been feeding on hell for six months. I wouldn't even be sure if there was a God, all that garbage you've been eating. Full assurance. Full assurance. Y'all look at me. Hey. I'll say something to you about full assurance. Was Jesus not the greatest man ever? That'd be a yes. Was Jesus not the greatest man? And never a man spake like that man because there's never a man like that man. He was God in the flesh. And then how about old John Baptist? Didn't Jesus say that there's not been born a greater man? But y'all look at here. Give me an answer. Was Jesus the greatest man? And did the greatest man say up to this point, never been a man born greater than John? Right? Did you know they both... Do you know Satan came to Jesus right after he was baptized by old John? And God spoke out of heaven and said, This is my beloved son. And you don't run your finger down more than than an inch. And you run into Satan saying, If thou be the Son of God. And I need you to go to Matthew 4 sometime. Circled at the end of chapter 3, this is. Drop a line down and circle if. The only reason the devil's telling you you're lost is because he knows you ain't. There wouldn't be a big old if in your life if God hadn't already put a big old is. What if I'm lost and Satan's telling me I'm lost? Satan's never been interested in being a good soul winner for the cause of Christ. He's never went to a sinner like, I want to scare you about being lost. He said, but I'm so confused. Confusion. That's how I know it's not the Holy Spirit telling you you're lost. Because God is not the author of And then there's John in Matthew 11 at the end of his short ministry. The forerunner. The forerunner. And he's over in prison. If you ever get at the end of the way in a low place, you may just question everything. And old John said to his only two remaining friends that were there, go and ask him his two disciples. I don't even know if he was the one. And this is the man that baptized him. He held the lamb and saw the dove and heard the voice. That tells me experience ain't enough. It got quiet right there. Experience ain't enough. 
Simon Peter was on that man of transfiguration and glory. And when he wrote his second epistle, he said, we have a more sure word than the glory we saw. Y'all ain't helping me. John said, I'm in such a bad place. I don't even know if that was him or not. Go and ask him, art thou he? Or do we look for another? What do y'all think about the God-man, Satan attacking his sonship? And what do you think about the greatest man? And old John was the last Old Testament prophet and the first New Testament preacher. And he stood in the death waters when a dispensation and the heavens divided. Wasn't there nobody like John? He could have been Elijah if they'd have received him. Explain that. Go to Waffle House, give me two hours, and I still won't explain it. And he had doubts. And you know what gave him his assurance? It wasn't his experience he had with a dove and a lamb and a voice and a cloud. Jesus said something over yonder. He said, he said, John's the best that I've ever had. And his two disciples went back and told him what he said. You know what gave him his assurance? Jesus' word. And it wasn't even delivered firsthand. It wasn't even delivered firsthand. Jesus never went to his prison to console him. Jesus went to his cross to save us all. And somebody else told John what they heard Jesus say. I'm about to run out in the yard and shout. It's all you need. You don't need an experience of a dove, a lamb, a cloud, and a, and a, and a Jordan. He had that. But the only thing he needed for his salvation was for Jesus to go on and die on the cross. And the only thing that he needed to come back up from the grave like he raised him from the grave, from the water, second hand. Well, here's what he said. It's what we've been doing 2,000 years, telling folk what he said. Oh, man. So here's what I want to say. If you wrestle with doubts and fears and insecurities and Satan attacks you and there's something, am I saved or am I not saved? And why do I keep wrestling with am I saved or not saved? Of course, it might be the movies and the music. And you're doing that to yourself. Don't blame that on the devil. But oh, hey! Sincere child of God, seeking to please the Lord, seeking to find the Lord, loving the Lord, and you ain't feeding on trash, and you're being attacked. They often think, after a while wrestling with this, something must be wrong with me. Well, no, here's what I believe. Something must be right with you. Was anything wrong with Jesus? No. Was there anything wrong with John? Not with his ministry, his doctrine, or his life. He said, it's the best he had. To that point, not been a greater. Ain't nothing wrong with you. There's something right with you. 
He said, what if the Lord tells me I'm lost? I recommend you get saved. Then you'll be saved. Isn't that good? (laughs) Oh, you ever more wrestling. Forever wrestling with you. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Must be something right with you. You fall into a category. Hallelujah. I'm glad I got into some holy peace. I want us to stand. Brother David, maybe you'll lead us in this altar call. Our heads are bowed. Pastor, you're coming and standing with me. Let's sing a verse. This is an altar call if anybody wants to come pray. If anybody needs to come and let God speak to you, let God help you. And it's mighty okay for a bunch of you to come and say, I just came to thank you. We ain't going to be worried about why you're down here. We're going to sing a verse, church. You sing it with him.